0: Hey, okay, so gentlemen, y'all, we get like one day a year, and that day has come. That day has come. That's why they only give us one day a year is because of dad jokes like that. And uh, so, but if you're a man or a father in the house, let's, let's do this together. Who, who remembers Tim the Man Taylor? Like the man above all men. Let's, let's just do a manly grunt in here. Just <laughs> we're not Georgia fans, by any means. We're not doing the, the Georgia dog bark. Right? We're, we're grunting like men today. And uh, so I I sincerely hope that you have an awesome Father's Day Day today with your families. And uh, what I want to do is last month for the ladies, we we prayed over them. And so what I want to do is if you're a father here today, I want to ask you to stand, please. Don't be shy. Stand. Look at all these awesome, mighty men of God. I'm thankful for each and every one of you. I'm thankful for all that you do. If you are sitting next to one of these handsome men, if that's your husband, go ahead and grab their hand. And uh, just to, just to love on them, and I asked the Lord what He wanted me to say and pray over us today. And I just feel like the Holy Spirit told me to say to us men today, to continue to keep moving. Keep running. God sees your load. Somebody say load. God sees the burdens that you're carrying. What we have to do better at, gentlemen, is giving those burdens to God to carry for us. God sees your sacrifice. He sees the work. He sees the love. He sees what you're pouring into your family. Okay? But that's not help the enemy out by loading our backs up with other stuff that doesn't belong there. And so God wants me to tell you that he loves you. He sees you. He wants us to trust Him more, continue doing what He's called us to do, and relying on Him to take us farther. Who wants to go farther? Amen? Let's go farther, men, together. Let me pray over you. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for these men here in the sanctuary, any any man watching us online. Lord, and I just declare that promise over them, that promise of being a faithful father, a faithful husband, that promise of being a faithful believer, a faithful son in God, a faithful Christian. God, that we we would be men of faith, not just men of words, but men of action to bring this nation back to its knees, to bring these families back into that blessing of God. God, if we want revival to happen, it's going to start and stop with real men. It's going to take real men, real men. I declare that, 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 that word over us, real, authentic men in the house of God today. Lord, that we will continue to run and continue to trust you in everything and all things that we do. I ask this by faith and ask it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Give them gentlemen a hand. Thank you so much. And uh, I do love you. And so we're going to be, in honor of the men today, we're going to be uh, preaching and and doing a message focused on, uh, it's going to be titled, Men of Legacy. That just sounds like a manly message. Men of Legacy. And so we're going to talk about that here in a moment. But, you know, ladies, don't check out because do you know the best thing for you is that your man becomes all that he can be in Christ? So your man needs you to be his, his biggest believer, and he, your man needs you to be his biggest cheerleader so y'all don't check out, because uh, y'all can get a lot from this, too. And, man, we really need to hear what we're going to hear today. And before I dive in, I, I, you know, I just want to remember and honor my father. I shared this morning during worship that my father's no longer here. And w- when I think of an amazing dad and father that he was, he, he did so many things right? but we have to remember that w- we, us as dads, we don't have all the answers, right? And so he did so many things right, a- and he did so, so many things maybe not so right, but I'm thankful that I had the dad that I had because he imparted so much into me. And so me becoming a father in the last two years, when you become a dad, you get a whole brand new perspective on everything. Somebody say everything. And, you know, as a young man, you, 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 you try and figure out what it means to be a man and what is a real man, and you try and prove yourself to the world that I'm a man, and we're going to talk about these things today. And I'm so glad that my man, not my man, my dad, he told me that I was a man. Right? But becoming a dad and seeing a different perspective on life and my life Everything is no longer about me. I I want to pass a legacy of faith that's going to live beyond my physical life. When you have kids, you realize that everything that you say and do doesn't just affect them, but you have potential and power to impact their life for Christ. And God wants men of legacy. He really needs men of legacy at this hour to arise, to get up, and to run. And men of legacy, we must respond to this responsibility. Here's the coolest thing about being a man, is God gives us the responsibility of leading the charge, of being the voice in the home, of, of being that leader in the home, at the workplace, at your business in the world. And I feel like so many men are failing at this, or not stepping up, because everybody is so busy trying to prove to everybody else that I'm a man. And God wanted me to tell you today, you are a man because God made you a man. And because of that fact, you're called to be first. Adam means first. And until until the, the 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 man, the men in the home, the men in the world take that mantle of being first and being a leader, it may get worse before it gets better. And I'm not speaking death, I, I want to impart hope, but y'all know the world's kind of messed up. I said earlier, if we're praying for revival to break out, guess how it's going to start. It's going to start with men. So we need to get up, we need to rise. And there's an opportunity for us to leave a lasting legacy. What does that word mean, legacy? What a powerful word. Something that'll last, something that'll live. Something that, will, that we pass on that'll go beyond us. Something more than just fancy uh, scripture or fancy uh, memory of who you are in your tombstone. I'm talking about lasting faith deposited into your sons and daughters, into your grandsons, and your grand, grand, grandsons based on what we do with our lives in the now, right? So I'm excited to dive in with you today. Let's look at that first point on your outline. And so we got to start somewhere, and I want to start with reminding us that we're not just trying to build a legacy for the sake of building a legacy. And the only person that can build a real lasting legacy is who? God, Jesus has the ultimate legacy, and that's the legacy that we need to tap into, live in, and pass on, right? But look, it says God alone is the one who establishes a lasting legacy, one that will live on forever, one that is powerful and one that has real meaning. So through his covenant, get this, he transformed an ordinary man into a father of many nations. Through his covenant, he established the longest lasting legacy on the face of the planet. This week, I thought I was, I was seeking in prayer and asking God what to talk about today. I thought I was going to preach out of Hebrews chapter 11, the faith chapter, where he talks about the absence of faith and the substance of things hoped for, and he begins to talk about the patriarchs of our faith, and the Lord just reminded me that there is no better Father's Day scripture than the Father's Day scripture from Genesis 17, Genesis 17 is the Father's Day scripture above all Father's Day scriptures. And he just reminded me, Genesis 17 is the beginning of a legacy that lives beyond Abraham, who was formerly Abram. God transformed just a regular, ordinary man, a a, a sheep herder, a farmer, somebody living in the wilderness, into the founding father of our faith from the genealogy that Jesus would, would, would come from, right? And so look at Genesis 17, 1 through 8. We'll go ahead and read it. It says, when Abram was 99 years old, if you got a neighbor, give him an elbow nudge and say, hey, it's never too late. <laughs> it's never too late. Put that in the chat. He was 99 years old when this happens, right? The Lord appeared to him, I am El Shaddai. I love that's one of my favorite names of God. It means God Almighty. He says, serve me faithfully and live a blameless life. I will make a covenant, there it is, with you, by which I will guarantee to give you countless descendants. Countless descendants, as many as the stars, it says. At this, Abram fell down from his face onto the ground. Then God said to him, this is my covenant with you. I will make you the father of a multitude of nations. What's more as I'm changing your name. It'll no longer be Abram. Instead, you'll be called Abraham. For you will be the father of many nations. I will make you extremely fruitful. Your descendants will become many nations and kings will be among them. I will confirm my covenant with you and your descendants after you from generation to generation. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. And I will give the entire land of Canaan, where you now live as a foreigner, to you and your descendants. It will be their possession forever, and I will be there. God, as I read over that and, and prayed over that this week, and I don't want to take the word of God out of context. God is speaking directly to Abraham, but I feel like the Holy Spirit wanted to spiritualize us for us today as men and fathers and families. What if God wants to partner with every single father on the face of the planet? He wants to partner with them through his covenant by faith that says, if you serve me, live for me, train up your child in the way they should go in my truth, in my book, I will bless you from generation to generation to generation. And what you do now will live beyond you. And not only will you experience blessing, but your kids and your kids and your kids and your kids will experience blessing. Gentlemen, what we have to remember is this. God is thinking bigger. God is thinking bigger than us. God is thinking bigger than you right now. God is thinking bigger than your problem that's staring you in the face. God is thinking bigger than the last blessing that you had. God is thinking about your 22nd grandchild right now that's going to need Jesus. And maybe it's going to take you training up, discipling your kids, honoring the church, being part of the church, doing all the things, passing a legacy of faith that will live beyond us. That is going to set the captives free. That's going to set the generations free. That is going to be the blessing that can start with us. So are you in covenant with God? Do you know what covenant means? It's a contract that you cannot know and void. It's beyond that. It's blood. We are in a blood contract with the, the Son of God. Someone can I get an amen. A contract signed in the blood of the spotless lamb that says, as long as he lives, with, lives in me, by me, for me, by faith, I'm with him. Right? So are you in covenant with God as you're trying to pass on a legacy, something that's going to live beyond us? All right, so look at that next point. So guys, in these last days, God desires men and fathers to step up, lead, and pass on a legacy of faith that will outlive our physical bodies for generations. We need authentic men to arise with God, with God-sized dreams and God-sized dreams visions. I said God is thinking bigger than us. We need a vision from God. You need a vision for God for your family. You need a vision of God for your business. You need a vision of God for your ministry, for your kids, for your marriage. We don't just need a vision from God. We need God-sized ideas. Not just good ideas, God ideas. When I get God ideas, I reaffirm That I'm in a relationship with God and and affirms that I'm on the right path, that I'm doing the right things, I'm going the right way, I'm living by faith. Right? So we need men to step up, answer that call, respond to the responsibility that we have, and be authentic men to arise with God-sized dreams and God-sized visions. So are you leading others today? Are you engaged in the church? Are you engaged with actively, not just pursuing your faith, but sharing your faith with your family and teaching your faith in your family? Are you standing out for his glory? Do people at work know that you're a Christian? Are you passing on anything by faith that will outlive you? Y'all, we got to celebrate yesterday. We were it was like 9,000 degrees outside. But uh, we were here from 9 to 12, and thank you so much if you did that. And I uh, Miss Tina, our children's ministry, you better tell her thank you today. She was in a dog suit yesterday, just out at the road, like, jumping up and down. It was pretty awesome and amazing. But so we celebrated when Shondor gave us one. We got 89 kids. We were hooting and hollering and jumping up and down and giving hugs, high fives. And so I think of an eternal seed that's everlasting. Eighty-nine families are going to forever be changed because it may be something small, may be something, but we're, we're doing it by faith. They're going to come and receive that stuff on the 23rd of July, a Saturday morning, and I'm going to uh, preach a little message on the love of God. And there will be an opportunity there for more eternal seeds to be planted. God's thinking bigger, right? That's a God-sized vision. That's a God-sized dream. That's a God-sized goal. So are we thinking eternity? Are we thinking souls Right? Are we thinking of things that are gonna outlive us? Or are we just so focused on the the now, the now, the now, and maybe how miserable the now, the now, the now, the now is? I know gas is like seventeen dollars a gallon. Right? That's kind of miserable. Uh, I know you go and try and order stuff on Amazon or go to Walmart and they ain't got it. I, I know it's kind of kind of miserable. But guess what? If I live by faith, there's a God-sized vision and a God-sized dream, even in my desert places. We talked about that the last two weeks. And gentlemen, what if God is just waiting for us gentlemen, us men, us fathers, us men in the home to be that reflection of hope within the home instead of just carrying and loading on that negativity from when I come home from work that's out in the world. Gas is so expensive. It was miserable at work. You have no idea what I'm going through. Maybe God wants to use men to to change the course of the ship, so to speak, to lead and to guide, and to be that voice of truth. Look at Joel 2, 28. It's a prophetic scripture. And this is what I believe it's going to take for our nation to rise up. And I believe it's going to start and stop with men. And it says, then after doing all these things, I will pour out my spirit. Somebody say spirit. Upon all people, some translations say all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. right? And your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will, We'll see visions. We need God-sized dreams. We need God-oriented visions. Want to change the world? It's going to start and stop with us. Look at that next point. So a man of legacy, we're talking about men of legacy. What does it mean? What does it look like? And so men of legacy an honor, or, or an honorable man lives with legacy in mind. This is something that they're constantly thinking about. A man of legacy is not defined by the world, but is shaped by God and his word. His identity and purpose come from his relationship with Christ. His ultimate desire is to see God's truth lived out and passed on. See, the world is doing all that it can to form and shape not just our kids, but even us as adults to get us to think a certain way, to get us to speak a certain way, to get us to tweet a certain way, to get us to post a certain way. And see, men of God, men of legacy, you've got to understand that you're not molded and shaped by the world. You're formed and fashioned in the image of the creator, God Almighty. And when I know that, see that, recognize that, guess what? I walk different. Come on, somebody, I talk different. Come on, I live and lead with with courage, and I fear not, and I believe so, and I know that I can, and I know that I can go, because my God says that I can. I call sin what it is. If it compromises the word of God, I don't compromise what sin is. And I remember being a young man, and I believe every young man, it's probably even, Maybe more challenging now. But even after I graduated high school, before I joined the military, I was in that, that hamster, what are those called? Hamster cycles? We, hamster wheel, thank you so much, somebody. Uh, of trying to prove and figure out if I'm a man yet. My dad told me I was a man. But you know what? I, the world says if I sleep with enough girls, I'm a man. If I can drink more beer than you, I'm a man. If I got the awesome car and the wardrobe and the shoes, y'all know I like shoes, and a cool haircut and just the perfect mustache or beard, do they still wear mustaches? Then I'm a man. Y'all, we're not going to change the world and turn upside down for his glory. If our young kids think this way, and I know that they do. They say, I was talking to our awesome youth pastor, Micah, uh, y'all love Micah? Yesterday at our an outreach, and they are very engaged with our youth, and they, they have a good pulse, a good gauge of what's going on in youth today. And they say that the youth are stressed out with anxiety beyond their max right now. I thought I had it bad. Now it comes to the Internet and cell phones and everything that it brings. And guys, you need to tell your sons that they're sons. And when they become a man, you need to tell them that they're a man. And not based on what they do, but because in the eyes of God. Tell your daughters that they're daughters and what it means to be a daughter. God has given us that authoritative mantle. Not just to affirm that, but to pass that legacy on. Because guess what? I'm going to do that same thing for my kids. Now, they're going to have to make their own choices, fight their own battles. But guess what? They're going to know that dad loves them. I tell them 4,000 times a day. And Bodie's only, he can't even understand me. He just looks at me, you know, that baby look. I love you so much. It's my pride and joy. When you become a father, it's not about you. It's, you know, it's about them. It's about them, right? The world is molding our kids, and we must live with legacy in mind. It has to be about them and where they're going and where God has taken them. We must know who we are so we can tell our kids who they are. Has anybody ever seen that movie Courageous? Pretty good movie. It's kind of older now. And uh, there's a part in that movie where the, the guys are sitting around, and I think one of them says, when did you know you became a man? And one's like, you know, I knew I became a man when I could drive. Or one says, I knew I became a man when I turned 18. And one says, I, I, I knew I became a man when, when uh, I think he said I could buy a lottery ticket or something. And then the one man at the end says, I knew I was a man when my dad told me. I was a man. Men, your words have power. Your men's can strengthen, affirm, and confirm, or they can tear down and destroy and maybe even make worse. I know we're kind of coming out of a, an old generation into a newer generation. And I know maybe some of you men in here, you may have had a dad that says, said things like, you know what, you're not acting like a man. You're not a man. And you tried your whole life to prove that you were a man because the man that was supposed to deposit that into you stole that from you. And you're fighting all these false battles and false ideas of who you are all because of a word. Man, I know of a word. You got to get in your word. Every single day, it says God loves me. God says I'm a man because he made me a man. Our world questions, what is a man? What is a woman? I never thought we'd be having these conversations that we'd have to even argue what that means. Your grandkids, you might have to tell them what that means. What it means to be a man. Or what it means to be a woman. That's got to start and stop with us. Everything hinges on our identity and our relationship with Christ. Look at this. Look at John 3, 27-31. This is John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin. A lot of people thought John the Baptist was Jesus. He was leading people. He was, he was doing things of faith, doing amazing things. He was living in the wilderness, basically homeless, just preaching and teaching truth and baptizing uh, believers in water. And so look, look, look how John responds here in the Scripture, though. So verse 27 says, John replied, No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you I am not the Messiah. He's confirming, he's saying, I'm not the one you think that I am. I am only here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the bridegroom's friend is simply glad to stand with him and hear his vows. Therefore, I am filled with joy at this success. He must become greater. Somebody say greater. Greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are here on earth, and we speak of earthly things, and he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. I said, your identity comes from a relationship with Christ. Y'all, did John understand his relationship with Christ? Not only was his, his physical relative his cousin but i love how he explains the bride and the bridegroom that relationship it's all about the 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 the, the groom and the bride he says but in the same way in the same sense I'm, i i know exactly who jesus is that i'm thankful just to be here and celebrate him so men of legacy we have to live this way every day we have to celebrate who god is and what god has done In our lives, and the biggest joy that we should get should be when we celebrate that and pass on those victories to those that we love and care about. And the biggest revelation from that scripture is every single day, Ian has to become less, and Jesus has to become more. I can't make a legacy of Ian, I don't want a monument built of Ian, the pastor of Liberty Church, Holly Pond. He always had such cool shoes that will die and pass away. But if I live for Jesus and teach about Jesus, a legacy will be forged. And so I have to become less every day, and Jesus has to become more. So here's a question. I think I might ask this a couple weeks ago. Every day are you becoming more and more like Jesus? Or are you becoming more and more and more like you? If you want a legacy that's going to last, you got to get out of the way. Let Jesus flood your mind, flood your heart, flood your life, flood your family, flood your, flood your news feed, flood your TV, screen, and I promise you, you'll be a man of legacy. Look at 3 John 1, through 2-4. And John the Apostle is writing... And this is what he says. Get this. He says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in hell just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when uh, brethren, brothers, came and testified of the truth that is in you. Just as you walk in truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. John says, I have no greater joy knowing that you're living in truth, that you're teaching truth, and that, that the, 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 the ones that I, I lived with and taught are also doing the same thing. So men of legacy understand when they teach truth, live in truth, and pass that truth on, there's no greater joy. No greater joy that God can give. When we live and pass on truth, it should bring us joy. Look at that next point. Men of legacy understand the significant role they play and position they hold within their family and in the kingdom of God. Guys, you need to hear this. Dad and his voice are irreplaceable. They are invaluable. The world's trying to replace it any way that it can, artificially, subconsciously. Women trying to lead their families as men, you can't do that. Dad and your voice is irreplaceable. Your family needs you. The world needs you. Your church needs you. Respond to the responsibility, right? Here's the thing. Passing on our victories is the biggest responsibility that we have. Your legacy that you leave is either filled with blessings or it's filled with curses. Pass on your victories that you've had in Christ. Guys, I am so thankful that Pastor Jessica has had some victories in Christ in her life. I'm so thankful that I have some victories that Christ has made happen in my life. And I get to choose what I pass on to Xander and Bodie. And you better believe I'm going to try my darnest, my best to pass on my victories. At the end of the day, they have to choose. But I'm thankful that Ian's no longer an alcoholic. I'm thankful that Ian's no longer a, a sinner lost, but now a sinner saved by grace. I'm thankful that Ian is no longer addicted to pornography and evil things, and sin, and Satan, and self. And so I can pass that truth on to my son, and this should bring me great joy to know that he's not going to have to fight a lot of the same fights that Ian had to fight. Because there's a blessing I can pass on. It's a legacy of blessing. The Abraham legacy of blessing from nations and generations. And it starts and stops with us. Life is like a torch that we have. It burns I hope yours is burning bright, and you're running a race. And guess what? One day that light's going to go out. But before it goes out, God wants us to light somebody else's torch. To pass it off as an eternal fire, flame, torch of faith, and torch of victories, so that generations and generations can continue to run (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha, and get this, not in darkness, but in light. Come on, Jesus. Can I get an amen? But it's your responsibility. It's my responsibility. Women, I'm talking to you, too. You have a voice. You have authority, right? I, I don't want today to be all about men. You, I guess you guys had your, your day last month, right? But uh, we can't do it without you either. And as I said at the top of this, you've got to be your man's biggest cheerleader, You know, you prayed for a man that would lead your family. And now whenever he tries to do something, make a decision, make a choice for the family, you cut him down. Or you say, you're doing it wrong. You ain't doing it right. And now you wonder why he won't make any decisions. It's because he's deflated because he can't ever do it right. And you wonder, why, why won't he help? Why won't he do Why won't he be the man in the... I wonder if it's because we're all just hurt. I I know that I'm a man. I know I got these responsibilities, but my biggest cheerleader is not cheering me on. They're not helping me. They're not encouraging me. And so women, y'all be your husband's biggest cheerleader. Come alongside him. and When he wants to lead, follow. Men, pray about your decisions. Don't just wing it. You better be in prayer. You better be in your word. And don't lead your family into something that you're going to be accountable to. Now I got an amen for my ladies. (laughs) That's Miss Becky over there. Right? So don't just make some decisions off a whim. You better be in prayer. And you're responsible as the man for where you lead your family. Let's pass on our victories. Look at Proverbs 22, 6. This is our responsibility. What does it say? Train up. Train up a child in the way he should go, and he will not, when he's old, he will not depart from it. It's our responsibility. We must respond. Look at Deuteronomy 30, 19 through 20. And this is this is what we can pass on, guys. The decision, the life, the legacy, the torch of blessing, or the torch of curse. All right, verse 19. Today I've given you the choice between life and death, between blessings and curses, it says. Now I call on heaven and earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. So that you and your what? A legacy is something that you pass on. So not just for you, but for the legacy that you leave, that they might live. All right? You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and committing yourself firmly to him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors who? Abraham. There he is. We read about him already this morning. Isaac and Jacob. So, guys, our legacy can be filled with blessings, the victories that you've had in your faith, or they can be filled with curses. I wonder how many kids are being left with the curse of the decisions, the inaction of their fathers. So many kids growing up without a father, not knowing who their real father is growing up in a home, maybe their dad was there, but he's never really, he's physically there, but he's always mentally somewhere else. So nothing they ever do is right. Everything they do is wrong, and maybe the home's full of addiction, and doing it the wrong ways, and the child grows up in that. So look at that next point. I feel like much of our world is doing it the wrong way. Men are, they're passing something on. They're passing a legacy on that's their last name and that's about it right all they pass on is their name how sad a man of legacy passes on more than just his name any man can do that but a man of legacy counts the cost somebody say cost of what he's building for God what he's doing while he's here he understands that my life is not my own God has a purpose and special plan for me and my family and my life and my gifts and my talents, right? He knows his life is not his own, and he takes appropriate measures, get this, to finish what he starts. Man, a lot of us want to start all the cool, trendy, fancy, cool things. Not a lot of us finish them. Remember at uh, January 1st, just seven months ago, man, you had so many great lofty ideas, so many great things you wanted to do, how you do it. I don't want to brag on myself, but uh, one of my goals was to read five books this year. Y'all, and I just finished my fourth book. Y'all don't clap for me. don't clap for me. I, I don't share it to say, look at me. I share it to, to just check up on you. Are, you. are you finishing what you said you was going to start? Now, I could get lazy and say, you know what? I'm not, not even halfway through the year, and I've already read four books. I don't have to read a book till November. Now, I'm going to supersede my, my goal. You can do more than you thought you could with God. Right, So a man of legacy, he finishes what he starts. He's committed to his wife. When he said, yes, I do, in sickness and in health, in the good days and the bad days, uh, when we had five kids, and I I can't even get a train of thought, or I don't know where I am, I don't know upside from downside sometimes. Life gets crazy, and no matter what, I'm committed to you. I'm going to finish what I start. In our faith, when you when you said that prayer to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, did, did you say, Lord, I'm going to serve you only on the good days? Man, I love the blessing. But Man, when it gets hard, and I'm in the valley, I'm in the desert, I'm in the growing pains, I'm going to try something else because you just ain't fast enough. I'm praying, 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 ain't nothing changing. You begin to question, you begin to doubt. God wants men of legacy that are committed no matter what the path looks like. No matter how hard it may get. And living for Jesus, we talked about the last two weeks, sometimes calls you to the path of what? Most resistance. The hardest path. And it's going to require your faith. A man of legacy is committed. He's tough. and He's a finisher. This is what I know. No man has ever left a legacy because he quit. Want me to say that again? No man has ever left a legacy because he decided to quit. Let me expound on that a second. Quitters are never remembered. Quitters are never remembered think of all the dads that weren't dads they just passed on their name and they're not involved in their family or their kids life they're going to be forgot not only that did they miss an opportunity the biggest biggest best blessing on the face of the planet they're not they're not doing what god has called them to do but now this is what they're accountable to because of their inaction they passed on a curse and generation after generation after generation may still feel the sting of how they live their life. Men of legacy are finishers. Men of legacy are committed, they're tough, and they're finishers. So, men, don't quit on God. Do not quit on God or that word or that promise. Do not quit on your family. Do not quit on your kids. Do not quit at your job, if you're blessed to have a job right now. And do not quit on your spouse. No man ever left a legacy because he quit. Who wants to keep running? A couple honest hands, I hope more than that. If you're in a tough place, I use faith to raise that hand. And say, I'm, I'm committed to the path. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. You can do it. You can do it. In Jesus' name. Look at Luke 14:27 through 28. It says, if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple, Jesus says. But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money? To finish it man of legacy counts the cost and he's moved now hear me he's moved he understands the cost he sees what it's gonna take but he's moved by the vision he don't care how much it costs he's gonna do whatever it takes to pay for it so to speak but he's moved by the vision we need god vision because I see that my life is going to die one day. My life is not my own. It's been bought, paid for by, by the blood of Christ. And so I want to deposit every good thing that I can into my sons. Because a little bit of Ian's faith will live through them. And then get this, if I do it right the way God says, they'll pass a little bit of Ian's faith onto their kids. My grandkids. My grandkids. And then if they do it right, and they'll live by faith and obey what God says, then they'll pass on a little bit of what Ian did. Because you know what? Really, the faith starts and stops with me. My dad was great, but he never took us to church. My parents were divorced. I was lost in addiction, in sin. I didn't get born again until about 10 years ago. And I've been running this race of faith. And so it starts with me. So there's a responsibility that I must pass that on, right? I don't care if you've been living for God for a day, a month, a year. There's nothing more valuable than you can pass on. A man of of legacy and vision counts the cost, and they're moved by the vision of something greater and something bigger. You know who else counted the cost? God. And guess what? He said you're still worth it. He knew what it was going to cost, and he said, you're still worth it. Look at Galatians 2.20. It says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but who? Christ that lives within me. So I live in this earthly body, trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave, there it is, himself for me. God counted the cost, and he still said, you're worthy. It says, he still loved us in our sin. While we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. And it's going to take Christ us to leave any legacy worth leaving. Look at that next point. About to wrap up here. Last thing I want to say about men of legacy is they are trailblazers. A trailblazer has foresight and prepares the way for others. Their accomplishments, faith, and sacrifice manifest God's blessing and grace for generations to come. A man's true legacy and faithfulness—get this—can still be felt long after they're gone. Trailblazers, they leave such a lasting legacy because they transform their known worlds. They transform their families, their workplaces. They literally transform their known world. They prepare the way for others. They help others lighten the load. Just think about some of the biggest inventions in the world, some of the biggest monumental men or even women in the world. I I thought of a few and wrote them down. I, I can think of Christopher Columbus, 1492, sailed the ocean. Some of y'all paid attention to history class. He did that actually by faith. Did you know that? There were believers back then. He he prepared the way for others behind him. He he set a new course. He transformed the known world because he was called to explore. I I was thinking of Lewis and Clark. Y'all remember them? They mapped the entire western part of our nation as they did it by foot. They did it by faith. They transformed the the, the new world. They're, 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 they are not just legacy, men of legacy, they're trailblazers. They prepared the way for others. They, their accomplishments were done in faith and the sacrifice. Think of President Lincoln, a man of before his time. Henry Ford, the inventor of the automobile. The Wright Brothers, the invention of the airplane. They transformed the New world and guess what what they did wasn't easy. Guess what guess what else they didn't do? They didn't quit. I forget how many times Benjamin Franklin invented the light or is it him that invented the light bulb or Edison. Edison, y'all forgive your pastor. I messed up. I believe it was over a hundred something times he could have give up. Y'all have given up on like the second try. Imagine staying on the course for 172 times before God says, I just wanted to purify you, check your heart, check your motives. Oh, how bad do you really want this? Are you going to be a good steward of this when I give it to you? Right? Men of faith are not easily forgotten. This is what I, what, what I want for, for me and my family. I want to be remembered not for who I was. But for what I did. I don't want people just to talk about who Ian was. Because Ian, apart from Christ, is not good. I want him to talk about the things that I did. When that day comes at my funeral, or whatever, you know what? He was, <laughs> Ian was crazy, he was a mess, but man, when he gave his life to Christ, when he was like 20 something years old back in teen challenge, all I know is his life changed. He moved all the way from Michigan all the way to a place called Arab, Alabama, because he believed in Jesus. And then he, he stayed there for a while. Before we know, he became some crazy campus pastor because he believed in Jesus. And so many people came and saw and heard truth and accepted Christ. I hope people don't remember me for who I was. I hope they remember me for what I did because of what I believe. Look at John 21, 24 through 25. You want to talk about a legacy. Somebody who is remembered for who they are, but for what they also did. His name is Jesus. Let me tell you this. Look at verse 24. It says, The disciple is the one who testifies to these events that have been recorded from here, and we know that his account of these things is accurate. Jesus, somebody say Jesus, also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not even contain the books that would be written. John says, think of all the stuff that we did give you. It's all true. It's all real. It's the legacy of faith. He's the real deal. He's the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Alpha, the Omega, the Messiah. But if we could write them all down, all the stuff that we saw behind the scenes, Y'all, we couldn't even have enough libraries in the world to contain all the good, amazing things that Jesus Christ did. Talk about a legacy. You think you know Jesus. Think of all the awesome things you don't even know about him yet. That you may never know until you enter in the gates one day. And how good he is. I want to leave you with a quote. It's actually from one of my favorite pastors, Uh, Mark Batterson's his name, and we actually, the Lord reminded me of this quote from the book that we read at the beginning of the year. Y'all remember that book, Do It For A Day, 21 Days To Make or Break a, A Habit, and it come from that book. We're talking about legacy, and look what it says. Your legacy is not what you accomplish. Your legacy is what others accomplish because of you. Your legacy is not what you accomplish. It's what others accomplish. Come on, somebody. Because of what you did. Is your legacy you focused or is it others focused? Right? Just think about the legacy of Jesus in your life. Okay, if you say, Pastor Ian, legacy is not what I accomplished but what others accomplished because of me. What have you accomplished because of Jesus. Oh, man, if you got honest up in here, man, every good thing in your life is because of Jesus. I'm going to raise my hand. I'm going to raise my other hand. I'm going to raise my foot. Is there anybody that can testify of all the good things? There we go. Y'all awake still? I know I went a little long. Talk about a legacy, a legacy that will live beyond you, and it's because it wasn't by you. It wasn't even, maybe it wasn't even for you. God is thinking bigger. He's thinking beyond us now. What can I do now that will affect and bless others in the future? This is what I know. I'll leave you with this. Guys, if we simply live in love like Christ, y'all, your legacy will take care of itself. If you live in love like Christ, don't worry about your legacy. It'll write itself. Signs, miracles, and wonders will follow you. You'll be respected. You'll be loved. You'll be liked. And I'm not just talking about that little blue thumb on Facebook. You'll be genuinely liked and loved and accepted by others if you clothe Christ in your life every day legacy will write itself. Y'all pray with me. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word. Thank you for that word legacy and what it means. When I think of legacy, I can't help but think of your son. And so I pray that we would question ourselves. What am I really building right now in my life? Am I building the kingdom of God? Am I building the kingdom of self? Am I doing anything of eternal value? Is there anything that I'm going to pass on that is going to outlive me beyond my my clothes and my toys and my bank account? None of that matters at the end of the day. So I pray that us men would respond to that responsibility. That we would see the blessing and the authority that you've given us to lead others well, in Jesus' name. If you're born again and Jesus is your Lord and Savior, I want you right now to pray, pray for the lost, please. If you know somebody lost, pray for them. But if you're here in the sanctuary, or maybe you're watching us online, and Jesus Christ is not your personal Savior. He's not your Lord. The Bible says you must be born again spiritually to enter into the kingdom of heaven. So if you want to make that decision today, you say, Pastor Ian, I don't know if me and God are good. I I want to change that so that when you leave here today, you can have something set in your heart that says, you know what? God loves me. I want to change that if you want to be born again adopted into the family of God it says in the, God's word I want you to do something for me we're not looking at you no one's watching you this is for you and for you alone but I, what I want you to do by faith is if you say I want to make that prayer today I want you to stand up right now stand up in the sanctuary like I said no one's watching you this is so that you can show God I'm hearing what you're saying I receive the message God if you want to make that decision I'll give you a few seconds stand up for Christ he died on a cross. The least we can do is stand up if he's speaking to my heart. A few more seconds. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Well, somebody could be making a decision online. If that's you, put that in the chat so we can see that. And um, I can't see them, so what I want to do is lead us all in a prayer, and you all repeat after me in case someone's making a decision watching us online today. Heavenly Father, we love you. We accept you. We believe in you. And we confess that you are Lord. Forgive me my past, forgive me of my sins, redeem my future, send your Holy Spirit to help lead God my life, in Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Awesome, who's glad you came to church today? Jovi, man! Well, hey, we're glad you came too. Before you're dismissed, we got a special giveaway we're going to do. And so, did anybody give me the tickets? I need somebody to give me the ticket, actually. Or I, I can draw it. There we go. Do what? Yeah. Offering. All right. Let's see. The winner is 985744. Four. <laughs> oh! David Aaron Mays. Man, I got fifty cold hard cash right there. Thanks, sir. You're welcome. Love you, sir. Love you.